Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Trump's tax talk and Bernie's ban on facial recognition software. But first, Facebook for immigrants. So immigration has become one of America's most divisive political topics, with every indication that the rhetoric will only get hotter as we approach next November. But when you move beyond the border, you realize there are tens of millions of Americans in every single city who weren't born here and who are worried less about Washington and about walls than they are about day-to-day challenges like paying the bills or finding a babysitter or finding a date. And those things can be much more challenging for newcomers, particularly if English isn't their first language or if they long for interaction with peers or maybe just a decent meal in their native cuisine. All of that's the thinking behind Home Is, a new startup social network co-founded by Ron Harnevo, an Israeli immigrant to New York who previously sold a startup to AOL and then led its video operations for several years. It is, in short, the sort of space that social networking is perfectly designed to fill, but hasn't for some reason. Now, Home Is currently operates for people from Israel, France, and India in select U.S. cities, with about 400,000 immigrants having used it to date. It plans to expand in Hispanic and Latino communities in the U.S. later this year and then into Europe in 2020. And with all of that could come some challenges, particularly increased data privacy, something endemic to all online platforms, but of particular concerns for those from more vulnerable communities. In short, Home Is is still a startup with all of the uncertainties that that entails. But if successful, it could become one of the most meaningful apps on tens of millions of phones. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Ron Harnevo, the co-founder of Home Is. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We are joined now by Ron Harnevo, co-founder and CEO of Home Is. So, Ron, let's start here. Why a social network specifically for immigrants? Can't Facebook basically handle that via groups? Uh, I think it's a great question, and I think that the answer is no. And I think that, you know, when we talk about immigrants, we talk about a really, really deep identity. And if you look at Facebook groups, we believe that a product where you can find 60 to 80 to 100 to 300 groups for each nationality in each city and second of all, it doesn't organize information. And if there's one thing that immigrants really need is organized information, utility, markets. We believe it's a thing. We believe that immigrant communities are one of the best identities you would find. And the way LinkedIn, you know, did it for your professional identity and next door are doing something for your neighborhood identity, we believe there's a place here for immigration. What's the top line kind of basic marketing plan here? Is it, is it become word of mouth or how have you been getting the fact that your app exists onto people's phones and letting them know to download it? I'd say it's a combination of paid marketing and just a viral word to mouth, which is much bigger than the paid marketing. Is the paid marketing through other social media sites, whether it be Nextdoor or Facebook, et cetera? It is other to other social media sites, but that's really, I'd say, you know, 20% of our acquisition. The rest of it is, is just word to mouth. You know, you got to understand we're not inventing anything here. One of the things I'm always saying is that immigrant communities existed for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's such a natural behavior. And therefore, yeah, they just bring one each other and create, you know, a very good, holistic, safe 
environment to discuss and mainly to consume a lot of, of things. And, you know, we're working in very small markets. Now we took a new funding and we're going to go much bigger. Right. So you did raise new money and, and talk about going much bigger. You told one reporter that, that the plan is to go into Latino and Hispanic communities in the U.S. or at least select ones right. later this year. What can you tell us about that? So, you know, we're already in Spanish. The app is fully translated. We just hired our first Latinos. Obviously, it's a very diversified company. All of our employees are immigrants. None of us have a U.S. citizenship. And our next launch will be Mexicans in the U.S., which is by far the biggest immigrant community in the country and probably in the world. When it comes to Mexicans in the U.S., will the rollout be city-specific? And if so, where will it start? No, we would roll it all over the country in one chunk. Such an extensive community, and it exists everywhere, and we will do it at the same time to the whole country. It's also a community, obviously, that has some pretty serious, call it data privacy concerns, more so than most, given what's been happening politically. It's impossible for any tech company to say, we won't be hacked, we won't be breached, when you look at the companies that have been hacked, that have been breached. So what kind of is your message to folks who might not want to voluntarily put their identity, their name, their photo, all the rest of it, and their location into a system and and wave their hands and say, hi, I'm an immigrant? First of all, I'm always saying we're all immigrants. We created this product because we believe there's a need, not because we found a financial gap. This is a project we devote years of our lives, and we are extremely understanding of, of privacy concerns. So the first thing I say, we allow anonymity as a product. We're not pushing you to put a picture. We're not pushing you to put your full name. We bring a lot of gap for people to just come in consume the right content and not identify themselves. Second of all, we're taking names. We're asking you what city you are and what neighborhood you are. That's the the, the data we're taking. You often have their phone numbers too, right? Via mobile app. No phone numbers. Look, immigration is a part of our heart. I don't believe we should be driven by fear. I think immigrants have so many difficulties and so many challenges that giving them a product by themselves is something that, you know, the internet should do and not be driven by stolen data, etc. We are going fully encrypted as we speak, and we are highly concerned, or I would say aware of the fears. I have to say we're not seeing them that much in the communities we are in. And let's not forget it, 85% of the immigrants in America are fully legal. Every startup has a theory, has an idea, has an maybe an initial product, a beta product, and then at some point there is at least some change, sometimes big changes, sometimes small changes. As you said, you just raised $12 million in new venture funding. How at all is the app different today or where you want it to be maybe in a year from now than where it was originally? And I just don't even just mean new features, but kind of conceptually, has anything changed? Yeah, I think the main concept that we're changing as we move is the idea. We started with the thinking that immigration is, is hyperlocal. Meaning that if you're Israeli and you're moving to the U.S. and you live in New York, you don't want to be online with another Israeli that lives in Chicago, etc. And what we found out during time is that there is a local component and it's massive, but there's also a national component. And what we're doing right now is we're consolidating a lot of our communities into one big community because there are a lot of voices that want to speak to the whole kind of immigrant community nationally. So that's number one. And number two, which I think is maybe even more interesting, you know, we're being called a social network, and I'm fine with that. It's branding, and I'll never be able to change it. But we're dealing a lot with utility, and and we are not a blurb or an entertainment platform. We're a platform with marketplaces for care, babysitters, nannies. We have a job market. We have a real estate market. What we're realizing as time goes by is that actually organizing information, which is not a social kind of mission, if you look at all other social networks, is one of the biggest things we want to achieve. Do you have a better buzzword than social network? We're saying that we're building a better internet for anybody. Ron Hanevo, co-founder and CEO of HomeIs, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much, Don. I appreciate it. My final two, right after this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two, and first up is taxes, with the White House discussing moves to preempt a looming recession, even though the White House says there isn't a looming recession. One possibility here could be a payroll tax cut, the sort of broad-based individual cut that would put more money in every consumer's pocket. The Washington Post reported on Monday night that this very sort of cut was under consideration, but then White House officials denied it on background, and then a White House spokesman went on Fox News to say such talks had never happened before saying he was in the room when such talks happened, and then, of course, Trump confirmed it as well. Now, the president also is talking about changing capital gains taxes by indexing them to inflation with the intention of spurring more investment. So here's where we're at. One tax cut would raise take-home pay, while the other would mostly benefit wealthy investors. Neither is expected to pass Congress. And finally this morning, Bernie Sanders is proposing a ban on all police use of facial recognition technology, arguing it's too prone to abuse and that its algorithms could contain racial bias. Now, we've seen some specific municipal bans, like in Oakland and Somerville, Massachusetts, but this is the first federal proposal from a presidential candidate. And to be sure, Sanders has legitimate reason to worry. This could be Pandora's box sort of software. On the other hand, there is an argument that facial recognition can be used for such legitimate police activities as finding missing kids. The bottom line, it's a debate worth having sooner rather than later, and Sanders' proposal could help light that fuse. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great National Spumoni Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.